Hi, welcome to Real You Podcast. This is Mark. Um, we're going to uh, start a new series today, and we don't know how long it's going to go, but I've been working on it for months. I want to say, uh, first of all, Happy New Year to everyone. I have been um, waking up sort of listening to hear kind of what this new year was going to be about. Um, I have some ideas that might be coming down the pike soon. Uh, my thoughts concerning uh, maybe what, you know, I just feel my in my inner being what's going to happen this year not you know um you know everybody wants a word and everybody wants a vision everybody wants a thing but i sort of getting some ideas about what maybe god might be up to in this season of our lives in 2011 and i know it's easy to come out with the slogans and the um things but i'm trying to go beyond that i'm trying to really hear god on a level Many of you know or don't know, but ever since uh, July, August, so I've been on a major consecration, just been really, I really want to get to the crest of where we're at. What 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 is God really saying to us? So hopefully this new series, uh, I entitled it The I Am Experience, because that's kind of sort of where I've been for a long time now. I've been blogging a lot, and I taught in Kansas and Oklahoma last month about identity, and I've been really hitting it hard, and um, I think that's where I'm going to be and stay for quite a while now is our divine identity, and we're going to start this series off um, talking about um, Exodus chapter 3, where Moses met with God at the burning bush. He had an encounter with God. And God told, and uh, God said, "I want you to go and um, deliver my people and bring them out of Israel." And God says in Exodus three twelve, "I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign or a token that I've sent you when you brought out the people out of Israel." And Moses said, "Behold, verse thirteen, when I come to the children of Israel." And say to them, the God of your father sent me. And they will say, well, what is his name? And what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Um, so that's kind of what I want to talk about for- I don't know for how long. I got so many so many notes, it's unbelievable. I got three notebooks full of notes. And I'm trying to um share with you today just out of my spirit um this idea of the I am consciousness. God told Moses, uh, tell the children of Israel that I am that I am. And that word I am or that Hayah um phrase is a verb which actually means to be um it even it even is all conclusive it means was it means come to pass mean has come has been has happened become means to arise to appear to manifest um it's a real amazing word um it, it actually means to be to exist and uh, I am that I am, and it kind of reminds me of the 
the play that Shakespeare wrote called Hamlet. I think it was back in the 1600s, and the famous line is, you know, in his in his uh, opening is to be or not to be. That is the question. Um, and then he goes through this long dialogue of, you know, life and death and living with someone or not and that feeling. But God told Moses, I am that I am. That's all you need to know. And I have, I don't know about you, but the farther along I go, you know, we always talk about the paradoxical ascent and the approach to God that means the more I know, the less I know. And, the, um, you know, those kind of things, the closer I am, the farther away I feel. It's called the paradoxical ascent by the early fathers. Um, but what I'm I'm learning and I'm shrinking this down like it's almost um, the point in my life is God is becoming so vast and 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 measurable. I mean he, I can just say he is. And uh, you know, years ago I had many uh, def- definitions and many ideas and many uh, things that I know that I know that I know that this is who he is and this is what he's about but the more that I know the less I know and that's really true but I'm learning to 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 find him in the now or in the existing moment that I am what God is saying is I am I I am I not only I was and I is to come Jesus said in revelations to John I am he that is and was and is to come. So I'm all of these in one, but I am that I am. And that's kind of, um, that kind of brings us to the point. And we're talking about the I am consciousness or the I am experience. That's what I'd rather say. The I am experience for us is to just that discovery of who we really are in this now moment. Um, that's, that's a, difficult task I want to say at the outset that um, a huge part of of, uh, what we deal with is being in time we live linearly in time and so we're always pressing to something unknown and we're always realizing and being fully cognizant and aware of where we've been and I'm just going to tell you, one of the hardest things you'll do is learn how to live in the now moment and not let your effect, your, the effect of your past dictate how you feel today or where you're going into your future, but to live in the now moment, the now expression, to learn how to live in the I am experience and just be. I love that. I love that word, that word I am. He said I am, which means haya which means to be haya i am that i am haya haya i am that i am i exist i'm in existence i'm standing i'm here i'm being i i'm i'm a i'm arisen i'm being um so we want to definitely go back to the beginning because that's that's my favorite stuff and we're going to be here for I don't know how many podcasts. Like I said, I have a lot of really cool notes and thoughts to run by you. This is a, this is one of the most important things that I've ever shared. I've done a lot of research and a lot of study and contemplating and prayer and been up in the middle of nights. I'm I'm pretty confident that I I will probably not be able to teach this 
in uh, um, big congregation settings because it's a it's a it's not a feel good hoorah dance around the meeting kind of thing, but it's a meaty thing that we need to chew up and contemplate and and dialogue over. And so, let's think about Adam and Eve and for a minute, if you can. Just think about that with me because that's where that's the beginning of everything. That's where everything has become out of. It's her. It's it's spun out of. Uh, I'll give you a couple of thoughts. Um, I was reading the other day, and um, some of the early fathers' thoughts were uh, God was not um, punishing Adam by not allowing him to eat of the tree. Uh, he was not testing him, even though it was probably a an environment for uh, proof of his love and obedience. I mean, because you can't have love and obedience if there's no um, something too obedient to. To be obedient means I have obeyed. Um, To be faithful means I have endured in my faith. To be love means I have loved beyond what was I couldn't love. And so... Uh, I just want to say at the outset, I, I, I learned through some reading some early fathers. I've gone back and done some more study in these past six months, and one of the things that they said was God is in charge of everything except the love that you have for Him, and He's given you that right and privilege and responsibility to love Him because that that gives you the own that's. I don't know how to explain it. That's one of the only free will choices that you have to love him or not. Everything else, he has, he can have influence in your life. He sets the boundaries for your life. He already knows your thoughts, your uprising, your downsitting, your thought afar off. He knows everything about you. But he's even allowed you to choose to love him or not. And so when he put Adam in the garden, one of the early fathers says it's quite possible that the that the tending of the garden, all these plants in the garden, um, were images of the natural world. So it was in a spiritual environment. It was in a place in God. And all these trees that he tended to um, were actually divine thoughts. And so I thought that was pretty cool because obviously the Garden of Eden was a, was a place or I want to say a state of being in God. And it actually says that he put him, put man out of that. And so I've always, I've always thought that maybe that Adam was in a state of being in God, which we would call the Garden of Eden, which we would um, now call heaven, which is a state of being in God. Um, um, it's not a destination, and it's not a place to be. Um, I don't know how to explain it. There's no map to heaven. There's no address. It's a state of being in God. Um, That's our goal. That's our destination. And and God is actually waiting on us to bring heaven down to earth. And that's everything in the book of of Revelation says everything in heaven is trying to come down. He said, I saw something coming down. Everything's trying to come down. And it's the revelation of Jesus Christ's revelations. And everything's trying to come down. But in this limited realm and thinking, it's hard for us to think that way. And all of our teaching and all of our training is trying to get us out and up and out of here. 
and when God's trying to bring everything down to us. So with that in mind, um, Adam and Eve was launched out of the garden, wherever that was and wherever they, wherever they were sent to, out of the garden eastward, which we can say, which is this, this physical limited realm. He placed man in this limited physical realm called earth that has limitations and gravity and thorns and thistles and stuff that he'd actually have to physically work to to make a living and those kinds of things but i think the one thing that he had now that he's thrust in this limited realm he had to all of a sudden deal with a past he had to deal with what's tomorrow and he he was losing a sense of being in the now and that's the one thing about the awakening and the carnal mind it doesn't want to exist in now because the carnal mind is built upon the effects of the past and without that it can't exist it can't thrive it can't it can't uh, continue to grow if you can't feed it some effects of the past whether it be successes or failures either one it's a tricky slippery slope and um so Adam was thrust after this a great awakening of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve were thrust into the eastward of the garden. And all of a sudden, they had to deal with time. They had to deal with what they had done in their past and the effects of it, how it affected their children. They had to see it physically with their eyes. They had to listen to it. And they had to always continue to press forward to a future. And it's really sometimes you lose the essence of now, the I am expression. I am, I am, I am. And so we want to look at some of these thoughts. Um, I'm I'm still amazed. I've, I've probably read, there is no telling how many times I've read this, but I still get some good stuff out of it. Whenever um, Adam and Eve, and Eve came out of Adam, and, and God put him to sleep, and Eve came out, and a lot of... Um, you know, a lot of fathers of our faith and foretime would always say that Eve was the soul and Adam was the, um, you know, the flesh or the... But Adam was a living soul when, when flesh in, in these... And let's just say heavenly dimensions. And there was flesh in heavenly dimensions because if the flesh wasn't important, then Jesus wouldn't have spent so much time trying to heal it. So we can't say the flesh and the physical is not important because Jesus spent a lot of time and energy healing it, fixing it. And a matter of fact, um, he actually resurrected and he said, feel me, says flesh and bones. You know, spirits don't have flesh and bones. I'm more than just spirit being. I'm restored to the original configuration. So in this dimension, Adam had flesh and he, and he had received the breath of the Spirit of God, but he became something in the combination was a living soul, a nephish kaya. And so a nephish kaya, was, which means a living being. It says man became a living soul, nephish kaya, which means living being, or became a living um it's real. It's it sounds real close to the word that I just told you. What God's name was was Haya, a nephish Haya, nephish Kaya. It means that man became a living being. So in the garden, Adam was a living being, not a human doer or human doing. 
or human trying to exist and conquer and do all these things. Uh, we get so wrapped up in our destiny and our purpose and our relationship, and we get so lost in the life of being a human being or nefesh kaya or a living soul. Man became a living soul in this heavenly God existence dimension. Now let me say this. But he was in an infant stage. He was just born, created by God. He he was not created. Um, I don't know how many people believe, but I... I'm, it's hard for me to comprehend that Adam was in the fullness of everything that God wanted him to be because um, the early father's thought is this, that he was in an immature state. And when God said, you don't eat it, you can eat of this, every tree of the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you cannot eat it. And let me state here, that tree of knowledge of good and evil not only are the same fruit, but I submit to you that that tree was in God. And so God was not actually trying to keep him from the things of God, but what he was saying is you're not mature enough to handle this kind of uh, knowledge of good and evil and whatever that is. It takes a lot of maturity to handle it correctly, rightly discerning the word of truth and we we haven't done a good job of that, and um, that's why God said, "If you, we we have to take man and put him out of the garden, because at least he take forth the tree of life and live in this state, in this infantility state, the rest of his life." God intended for man to eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He did not want us to be ignorant. He did not want us to stay infants. Matter of fact, everything in our life tells us we grow. Everything in, in the world tells us we evolve. We progress, we grow, we evolve. Um, and everything that has life grows. We, we, we grow our businesses, we grow our families, our children grow up, they multiply. We grow our possessions, we grow our relationships. We, everything around us grows, but... For a lot of us, our spirituality, because we're so wrapped up in who we're not, and we're so contained by uh, where we're at spiritual that we we quit, cease to grow, but yet we seek to grow our finances, we seek to multiply them, we seek to gain more stuff, grow more businesses, but we, we couldn't tell you about our spiritual growth because we think we're okay, we haven't grown. And I can submit to you today. That if your belief system hasn't changed in the last 10 years, then you're not growing because you will outgrow it. I don't care what you believe right now. If you keep growing in this spiritual dimension with God, you will change what you say you believe. And it's not an indictment. It's not that anything is right and anything is wrong. It's not that that you're, it just means you are evolving, you are growing, you are maturing. Even Paul said, I want you to grow up in him in all things, that we mat- come to maturity, that we be no more children. That, that's the language of Paul. We, don't wanna be, we wanna be grown up. And I can tell you that a lot of people are not at that level because they can't handle the knowledge of tree of good and evil because they use that tree to create a system 
that divides and devours people, and they they have no clue what that tree is all about. They don't even realize that their knowledge of good is the same as their knowledge of evil. And you're running if they're running around saying this is of God, that's not of God, this is good, this is evil. Um, that is a that is a very uh, dangerous world to live in. Um, it's not the truth. It may be the truth to you as you perceive it. See, that's the reality of the truth. <laughs> the, the the only purpose of the truth was to make you free, not set you free. Make you walk in make you walk in your freedom where you couldn't be bound by anything. And so I believe it is God's will that Adam was supposed to eat of this tree at some point in his life, but he said you can't do it now because you're immature. So we got to grow up. Now, it says um, in here, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, I believe, it says, Adam and his wife, they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. This is the issue that I want to get to. This is where we have lost the sense of now, the sense of human this is the issue that we have lost our identity. At when Adam ate of that tree, he fell into an identity crisis, and he no he quit go he he ceased to be a living soul nefesh hagah, a living being, into a human human doer, and that's where we're at. If your carnal mind will convince you to be right with God is to be a human doer. It will it does not it can't survive someone who's choosing to be a human being. So God says, I am that I am. Haya haya. I am be, I be, I exist. I'm I'm everything that was and is and is to come, but I'm in the now moment. And he always, always, always exist in the now because he not only knows the future he is the future and outside of time there is no future and there is no past because it it all happened and it didn't happen only thing that exists is the now so i want to wrap that up for this session um i'm going to pick it up where we right where we left off i won't get into the all i won't reiterate this thing over and over and over um appreciate your time um, email us, blog us. I love, I love to hearing from you. I thank God for everyone and their support. This is going to be the deepest, probably uh, challenging training that we've ever done. And I'm just sharing with you right out of my heart. I'm not I'm reading the notes or anything. I'm just letting it happen. I love you guys, and uh, God bless. Give me some feedback.